Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I always <laughs> clean my bits, but now I'm also cleaning my room. <laughs> I'm doing the things that my parents always told me to do. <laughs> and no one tells me except myself. I am my own mom. <laughs> Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. This podcast is all about empowerment and open conversations with incredible guests. So let's get straight into it. In this episode, I get to catch up with someone who I think is one of the coolest people on the planet, Tessa Thompson. Tessa starred in the hit TV show Westworld, joined the Marvel Universe. She's done art house movies such as The Passing and was even in the Men in Black franchise. And now she's back for the third installment of the Creed movies playing Bianca, a musician with progressive hearing loss opposite the boxing champ himself, Adonis Creed, aka Michael B. Jordan, who also directed the film. But they are not just boxing movies, they pack an emotional punch too, and this episode is no different. There's tears and there's laughter, and we talk about everything from representation to going to couples therapy with a co-star, and even the importance of cleaning your bits. Yes, really. So buckle up for a roller coaster because you are gonna love Tessa. babes how are you i'm very well thanks how are you so good i mean i'm so excited to do this interview because i'm actually a huge creed free well creed (laughs) franchise fan Uh i love it don't necessarily feel like i would be the usual demographic for it (laughs) but the thing i love about the most is the motivational messages yeah right is there a motivational message you've got from from these three movies that's really stuck with you oh that's interesting i think the thing that is always exciting to me is just the ways in which I feel like in these films it's really just really about relationships. You sort Mm -hmm. of strip away all of the boxing stuff and it's kind of just about people in relationship, whether it's the relationship between mentor and mentee or father and son. Um, That to me is the exciting thing. And then like Uh, You know, I don't think I'd be the target demographic for these movies, but I happen, even though I'm in them, I happen to really like them. That's handy. Yeah, it's handy. (laughs) I also really like the Rocky movies, and I wouldn't have been the target demographic for for them either. But I think the reason why they work is there is this idea, I think, as humans that we can relate to, which is that we may not have ever been in a boxing ring, but we've all, like, Mm. fought for something and and fought through something, and I think that's what these these films are about at their Mm. core. What do you feel like you've fought the hardest for in your career? In my career? Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, uh, something that I haven't fought alone, but I think, and and a fight that continues, which is just really about representation. Mm. I'm almost bored in how much we have to talk about it, but it it happens to be true. I think when I first started working as an actor, there was a lot less opportunity, frankly, for... Uh, somebody like me in mm. terms of, of, of getting to play a character that you could really sink your teeth into. And and I think that if we look at sort of what's happening in Hollywood now, I think we're still sort of fighting for that, if mm. I'm honest. So, um, 
Yeah. What still frustrates you about the conversations we still have to have about representation? Well, how long do you have? <laughs> well, we have 30 minutes <laughs> to strap oh on in. <laughs> well, okay, for example, I think there's like a, these buzzwords like inclusion, for example, mm. or diversity. And I feel like some, sometimes something that gets missed in a conversation around diversity um, is diversity of actual thought and presentation and idea, right? So like, I think there there becomes a conversation that becomes so myopically focused on like, well, okay, are there people of color on screen? Yes, 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 there need to be people of color on screen, but what, what gets missed is the nuance of like, what kind of frames do people of color get to exist in? What kind of people do they get to mm. play, you know? Do we get to play with form? Like that, and that, and that to me is I think a, a frustrating thing is I feel like sometimes the conversation isn't specific enough, you know? Mm. Um, and but but I think those things are changing hugely. I think this year, in in particular, has been a hugely inspiring year because I think when you think about representation, or um, there is this focus sometimes inside of communities that you should be hyper focused on representation for the community in which you are a member. And for me, something that has felt super exciting this year, for example, is to see a film like Everything Everywhere All at Once. You know, mm. I mean, Hollywood has been so vile. Um, in its portrayal of of Asians and Asian mm. Americans, like really harmful, you know, and I think you know, as someone that cares a lot about diversity and representation, like it, it, it I have to also care about other communities mm. that I'm not a part of, right? Mm. Um, and so, or I'd like to care, mm. and I think that that feels exciting. That I think some of those things are changing, and and some of those things are being upended. But I would say that's something that still feels like a a, a fight that I'm I'm interested in. Mm. You know, that's what allyship's all about, isn't yeah. it? It's not Hugely. only just showing up for your own community, it's showing up for other communities too. Absolutely, because we're also interconnected. There. Mm. I mean, there's so much connective tissue, even though we, yes, need to like understand the nuances of, of, of whatever our own uh, communities need, right? Where we can't, we're not a monolith. We can't just mm. be built. That's why I hate when they're like marginalized. You're like, well, which margin are you yeah. on, right? There has to be specificity, but there also has to be a, a, a sense of investment in, mm. in the struggle of others, mm. I think. I think in your career, you've really created so much space for yourself yeah. on screen. And you've done it in, like, blockbuster movies. You've done it in trilogies. You've done it in Marvel. You've <laughs> done it in, like, art house movies. And you've kind of never been like, I'm going to be boxed into being this kind of actress, this type of actress. I, you can do it all. That's very sweet. Thank you. And when you think about that kind of representation you've been able to bring to the screen, when do you think that would have helped you the most growing up, do you think? Oh, in, like, my actual life? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, huh. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I've always had a tough time. I really dislike labels. I know that they're mm. super important in terms of categorization. And also, I think they're vital. And, and for some people, there's a sense of belonging and community when you can say, I am this, yeah. I am that. For whatever reason, it, I don't like it. Mm. <laughs> I've never really loved it. Mm. Um, and so I think my career is sort of a reflection of that in the sense that I don't think any of us, if we're honest, fit too squarely into the boxes that we try to put ourselves into. Um, so I think maybe, yeah, I think maybe growing up, but but I think we all do that, don't we? You try on things for size. I mean, it's why you can see a, a kid like they're a goth and then six months later they're, you know, yeah. and that's the exciting thing about being young is your, is your, um, 
you're figuring out identity, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but the truth is I'm still figuring out identity. Yeah. That's like the, you know, I, I think that's what compels me ab- about acting mm-hmm. really is to be able to stretch the parameters of what I think about m- mm-hmm. myself, you know? Um, and so I guess if I had had more of a sense of humor about that when I was younger, it might've served me, you know? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, even having more of a sense of humor about it now, it's nice to like, just take yourself less seriously which is something that oddly I feel like kids can do really well and then you go through like a middle period where you take yourself way too seriously trying to figure it out and then hopefully as you get older it softens a bit Mm. and you realize like you're a joke, you know? (laughs) In the best possible way. In the best possible way. In the best possible way we're all a joke. We are all a joke. (laughs) That's the thing, it's like we're all figuring our shit out. Hopefully, it's so cool. I've had this experience a couple times with people that are way older than me that I admire Mm. and they have said either in the press or I've seen them in something or to me personally, like, I don't know who I am and I'm like, wow, it's so cool that someone could admit that and someone that I just assumed because of the work that they make, surely they Mm. know exactly who they are. And you're like, no, you make really honest, incredible work because you're still trying to figure out who you are. And that's what's, I don't know, that's cool. Are we ever the finished product? I hope not. I mean, until we, you know, (laughs) kaputs. Then we're an unfinished, finished product. (laughs) (laughs) We just have our expiration date, but we weren't done, you know? Hopefully we're never done. In exploring your own identity, (laughs) has there been like a niche goth phase? (laughs) Or has there been any niche phases where you look back now and you're like, oh my God, babe. (laughs) That was a moment. That was a moan. The truth is, like to this unfinished business thing, I feel like I might be in that now and like 10 years from now I'll be like, oh my God, babe, why did you need to wear those big dresses? Like just, you know, put a pair of pants on and yeah. get it over with. Mm. No, I don't know. I don't think, I'm, I'm pretty like, I, I feel like I have a, a, a fair amount of forgiveness for those mm. sort of awkward patches where you're figuring it out. It's all like a, a part of your story, I guess. Yeah, self-forgiveness is key. <sighs> it's, you know... It's a hard lesson to learn, but it is key. <laughs> it's a really nice thing to learn how to be nicer to oneself, I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Bianca is such an incredible character. She's so rich, she's so well-rounded. And one of the most important things about her, I guess, is the representation she gives to the deaf community and yeah. the hard-of-hearing community. Like, that is such an incredible thing to bring to the screen because that level of representation has not really been that prolific or existed in the way it should up until in the last couple of years with Creed. And then then you look at the Rihanna Super Bowl performance yeah, with the incredible. ASL interpreter yeah. like going viral and everyone's like, yeah, she's giving. Yeah. Like, how amazing <laughs> has it been to bring that level of representation to the screen for you? It's been amazing for me, but I have to say until this current film, it felt incomplete, you know? Mm. There was always a limit to what I could uh, I could do personally because mm. I'm not a part of that community, you know? Um, and frankly, like, uh, e- even before the cultural conversation shifted around who gets to tell stories, it was always something that made me uncomfortable. Mm. You know, Bianca begins as a woman who is hearing and knows eventually that she will have hearing loss that is progressive, but I think we always wanted to be able to actually represent the deaf community, and I was never going to do that. And so the fact that we can have an incredible young actress do that, I think it's the first instance with with Mila Davis-Kent, it's the first instance of a young black girl being on screen, a young black 
girl who happens to be deaf who is signing on screen. And like that to me is the most exciting thing. So mm. I, I don't, it, it isn't really until this film where Mike and I are continuing again to, to learn sign language. Our whole cast and crew is trying to learn sign language. Mila's whole family is there with us, and now I'm like, okay, I think we're, I think we're on to something. Mm. We're doing something, and I'm really excited to see, you know, in success if we make more movies where the story gets to go, mm. with and because of 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 this new chapter. Mm. How amazing has it been to work with her and to see that see that representation come to the screen for her? Incredible, also because she's just. She comes from, her whole family is deaf. She comes from many, many generations. Mm. So, you know, her ability with the language, her skill with the language is astounding, mm. like absolutely astounding. And then also she's just a natural in terms of talent. She's so charismatic. She's so incredibly fearless mm. on screen. She also can box, like she's very, very good. She picked it up so, so quickly. Um, she's hugely, hugely talented. So it, it, I, it's always a, a, a fun discovery, I think, when you work on something and you're like, oh, this is like someone's first thing or, or, or this is gonna break them in a new way. But so that full stop is exciting but then for it to also happen inside of a community where that opportunity is so rarefied mm. makes it like, I mean, I want to cry thinking about it. Every mm. day I felt so moved by her and um, I feel really excited for people to meet her. The representation, it was so powerful. Yeah, and she's incredible. She really is. In the movie. She really is. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's so special about the movie is the level of emotional impact it yeah. can really bring. Yeah. It's the punches, it's the fights, it's the adrenaline, but that is what is so special. I think so too. About it. And that family unit you built on this movie seems Sorry. Absolutely. Do you want to take a minute? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm okay. I'm just see, this is what happens when I'm jet lagged, my defenses are down. Yeah. But yeah, I um yeah, I'm very excited for people to get to to meet her yeah. in this film. Yeah. Do you yeah. want a tissue? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's so amazing to have that emotional, that relationship to it, though. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I'm literally her, you know, her stage mom, her yeah. her pretend mom, but yeah. I feel very proud of her. She's like my proxy, my proxy daughter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we were saying about the family you build mm. on these kind of sets, on Creed, and it does feel like a family unit. Yeah. How incredible has that family unit been for you and how has that really supported you? Well, it's, I mean, it's been, you know, Mike, Mike and I talk, talk about this a lot when we're shooting these films because we started eight years ago and we weren't children, but I mean, we were, mm. you know, we were still sort yeah. of figuring it out. And, and, uh, and so in some ways it, it feels like, you know, that chapter of sort of adulthood when you're past, when you're like in your twenties, but you're like actually becoming an adult. Mm. <laughs> we met around that, you know, around that, around that time. And I think it really in that way feels like we've grown up together and also, um, getting to watch the growth of these characters too, you know, mm. I mean, in a perfect world, I think as an actor, you always feel like you, there's, there's a, a piece of a project that stays in you in, in some way and, and, a, and a piece of you that stays inside of a project that becomes a part of its DNA. But there is something, um, I don't know, particular about these ones that is unlike anything I've ever done before. And I think getting to, to, to come in again and then have new people join us and, you know, for it to really feel 
you know, familial and in this way is is so special. Mm. I mean, obviously, you see me, I'm <laughs> big mush pile about it. It's a safe space. <laughs> it's what it's all about. Letting those emotions it's a safe space out. with so many cameras, so many cameras and so many lights. microphones and lights. People yeah. hiding in the corners. This is just a it's personal <laughs> conversation that we're having. <laughs> When you think back to the you who started out in Creed mm -hmm. now, when you were saying you were going through that time where you were like figuring out what it is to be an adult. <laughs> yeah. What was she like? The the eight year ago. Yeah. Um uh, <laughs> That's funny. I'm trying to think. Uh I think just, you know, it's interesting. I, I there's so much about uh this business in particular you can be sometimes quite nomadic as an actor, you know, mm. sometimes you're like living out of a suitcase and you're kind of on the go a lot and you're away from home a lot and I think you build up your sort of skin and defenses around that. Um, and you're kind of going from project to project sometimes. And I think I I have had a lot more stamina for that and, and um, home to me was sort of anywhere I was. Mm. And now I think I just am a little firmly planted, you know? Like, it's, it's it's such a pleasure to get to do this. And after a while, too, you're like, I miss my dog. You know, yeah. or I, I, I uh, want to make sure I water my plants. I'm, 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 I want to have dinner with my parents, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I didn't have those impulses eight years ago. I think there's just you're on this, like, forward trajectory, mm. you know, where you're trying to figure out your dreams. And, and sometimes that becomes your so, such a solid priority. And I think, um, for me at least, getting older has, like, softened that a little mm. bit in a way that I'm very happy about that, that, mm. that both can coexist but um but my work isn't like kind of everything yeah you know it's, it's a difficult thing to figure that out though yeah, it's so hard because I still have to remind yeah. myself I'm like yeah yeah like defining yourself away from your job so many people find that so difficult to do I know well I think the pandemic really shook up a, a, mm. a lot of us I don't know how you felt but I certainly had that thing of like you have to, and interestingly, I think Bianca and Adonis in these in this movie are doing that in a way, or like, who am I mm. outside of my work? Who am I outside of these things that I've tethered my sense of self mm. to, my sense of worth to? And I think it's a really valuable um, exercise to mm. continue to, to do. We have to kind of remind ourselves to do that because we are in such, we, we exist in a culture that puts such a premium on productivity you know, um, that it, it is hard to remind yourself to to actually be present in things that, um, yeah, that are essential, too. Mm. Where do you find your self-worth away from work? In a bathtub, yeah. usually. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Are we talking, like, big bubbles? Yes. Yeah. Bubbles. The salt. candles are on. Honestly, I, beggars can't be choosers. I'll take any tub. Oh, right. I will take any old tub I can get. As long as I can get in a tub and get in some hot water and just, like, sit in a bath. I'm like, you are worth it. Yeah. And that's your moments to reflect. Yeah. I really, like, I'm a big, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I believe in bathing. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah. You're clean. <laughs> I'm clean. I bathe almost usually daily, yeah. That, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Tessa Thompson is clean. <laughs> the headline of this podcast. <laughs> Takes daily baths. <laughs> Please let people know in case there was any um, argument about whether I bathe. I do. <laughs> I don't think there's any debate about it. But okay, good. Yeah, good. I'm so I'm so glad. I love Thrilled. Twitter, so I don't know what people are saying. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. My sense of worth probably in 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 
in community, I mm. think, and in relationship, yeah. Mm, I love that. And then speaking of community, that's what's so amazing about these movies. Mm. Uh, they do bring up a lot of social issues. And that's what's very impactful about them. That's what I found very impactful about them. Yeah. And they do really bring to the fore so many different social issues. For you, what do you think is like an under-discussed social issue that we all need to be talking about mm. more? I think one thing that we hit on in this film that gets spoken about some is therapy and mm. dealing with trauma and finding productive ways to, to, to deal with trauma and explore one's trauma. So that I think is something that is, 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 is spoken about a bit more in popular culture, which is cool. Mm. I think in certain communities, there's still some work to do. I think there's, you know, Mike and I spoke about just, and there's other artists like Kendrick Lamar has spoken a yeah. lot about that in, um, in recent times, this idea of just particularly for black males, for example, this stigma around um, getting help when it's needed and, and, and therapy and self-examination in that way. And so I think that that's something that's really useful. Funnily, Mike and I did this interesting exercise, which is we, there was a while when we were developing the script that we were thinking like, oh, are, are Bianca and Adonis, are they in therapy? What's happening for them? And um, so we did some therapy sessions as Bianca and Adonis no, you did together. Not. Yeah, we always find ways to improvise and rehearse, and then we use that in the script. But we, yes, we did couples therapy together as Bianca and Adonis when we were developing the script. It was so weird and fun. It was really. You're going to need to walk me through this. So did you book it under the names of the characters? <laughs> we had to I let did. her in on it yeah, because uh, it was. <laughs> She's like, wow, they are methods. Yeah, no, no, I mean, yes, uh, yes, and and that's also true. But no, she knew, so she knew before, but she was a therapist. She wasn't like an actor. She wasn't like an actor pretending to be a therapist. She, or a method, whatever. She was an actual therapist. Yeah. And so we, and we did it partially as us two. We got to talk, but then we also would do sort of improvisation around, you know, what they might be facing and then work with her on what that would be like if we were mm. in therapy as the characters, what kind of stuff might come up. It was fascinating. That is fascinating. Talking about the mental health aspect, especially yeah. in relation to men, because I think that this movie can, there is aspects of it where it does deal with like toxic masculinity, for instance. Yeah. And it's amazing to see that kind of unpacked and kind of said that this is not really the way to go, mm. especially in a world that we're living in today where there's a lot of toxic masculinity and that's a massive issue we need to deal with as a society. How has that been for you to bring that to the screen and to see that be unpacked? It's a pleasure, mm. I think, to watch because it is sort of this like life imitating art in a in a funny way, which is to say that so these movies are very they're hyper masculine, of course. And there's all you know, there's of course Mike and there's Jonathan in this case, but in previous movies, Florian or whoever is sort of playing the antagonist. Mm. And then there's all these real life boxers because mm every other boxer in our film is always an actual boxer, right? And so they exist in these very hyper-masculine spaces. But they're also just like humans, and something that I have been really struck by is to get to know them and mm. see their tenderness and also see their tenderness expressed with each other because in both cases, so Mike and Jonathan, I mean, Mike has done a bit more of it, but they are doing, you know, a new skill, and there's a kind of vulnerability when you're, mm. you know, trying something that is outside of your yep. comfort zone, right? And then the boxers are also typically acting for the first time, right? So they have a certain level of vulnerability. And the guys together build this kind of friendship through that because they, yes, 
they have their own bravado and mm-hmm. their macho, but they're also like doing something that's kind of vulnerable for them. And so I, I have witnessed getting to see them express that and the nature of their relationships, like m- watching Mike and, and Jonathan on this and, and the boxers that are with them, there's a real um, tenderness mm. and a real vulnerability that's shared between them in this hyper-masculine space. And uh, I think that's something that might surprise people so to get to see that and I think the truth is I think in those spaces when people feel comfortable like a lot of that toxic masculinity goes away I think Mm. some of it is that we exist inside of containers in society for example that don't allow people to access actual the the truth the actual Mm. truth of their humanity which is that they we are softer than we all pretend to be Um, which is true of men they're no different than Mm. anyone else right um, so I, I get to witness that in this, which is a, a really beautiful thing to witness. Yeah. And we were layered like onions at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Got peeled back those layers. Yes. And cry because that's what onions, that's what <laughs> happens when do. you peel back the layers yeah. of an onion. We all just cry. Yeah. And I was thinking about this whole idea about there being a coach, right, mm-hmm. in this movie. And we all have people in our lives who become sort of like a coach or a role model. Who do you think has been an incredible role model for you who's taught you a lot and shaped you? You know, it's funny. I I feel like it's been different people in different times Mm. in in my life. And I think what I really love about making movies is it's it's incredibly, it's hugely collaborative, you know? I I think so much focus sometimes is, is put on the position that I'm in because we're the folks that are in front of yeah, the camera, totally. but like there's a whole team mm. of people that 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 bolster you that are also instrumental in creating character, you know? Uh, obviously the, the begins first and foremost with a, you know, a screenwriter, someone that's creating the world, but then like there's people that make the, the world <laughs> that create the sets that you exist in. And then there's people that, you know, make the, clothes and get you dressed and paint you and and all of those people are a part of the process and so I think um, over the course of my career I have met so many extraordinary humans that have made the work that I do mm. possible and that I feel like are also co-authors of the work that I do because it doesn't exist without without them and so I think you know obviously there's been people that have been instrumental or actors that I've looked up to or directors but also like there's been people that I just work with for three months and I sit in their mm. chair and I they, they make it possible for me to do my job. And mm. so I, I think about around a lot of those people too. Mm. Well, speaking of the clothes, we do need to quickly talk about that double <laughs> denim, full flare look that she wears at the end. Oh, yes, yes. With the big old pussy bow blouse. I was like, oh my God, Brittany and Justin move over. That is an iconic look. Okay, but see, that's a prime example where that was Liz, our costume designer, who's incredible and who toiled over what she should be in yeah. for that look and spent, you know, months and, and shopping and figuring it out and making the thing and so many conversations and trying to understand what Mike wants and what works for me and mm. like that, you know, and it becomes very, it has its own sort of iconography. So, yes, I love, Bianca's fashion is such a huge... Uh, part of who she is and what she is in screen and it's really been such a pleasure to get to be a part of that too Mm. I mean she's the moment every time she walks in (laughs) I'm like (laughs) does that girl ever wear sweats like (laughs) no but you know uh, this is a testament to Mike because I will say he is very specific about clothing yeah 
you might not know. I've worked with a lot of directors who happen to be men, and they don't know. You you know, they're just like, oh, just, just make sure she has clothes on. Um, and those are the good ones. Um, and but then, <laughs> but then, but then, <laughs> there's Mike, which is a very rare thing. Which is he really is like not just clothes. He's like he he really down to the detail, the minutia, the button, mm. the bow. He really is was so specific. Which who knew? Who knew? Well, now you know. Now we know. We now do know. Now you know. Yeah. You heard it here first. And looking to the future. I can't wait to see what you do next, but one thing I really do need is okay. Tell a me. standalone Marvel movie. Okay. Can we see this happening? I, well, Are I, we manifesting this? I haven't put it on a vision board, but I for you, I will. Thank you. <laughs> or you put it on a vision I'll board. I'll put it on a vision board for you. Okay. We're, and I'll work on it. Okay. And then you can let me know when it comes through. I will let, will you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll be back here we'll again. We'll be back here discussing it. I'll be like, well, here was the vision board. <laughs> yeah. I'll be here just crying about something else. Um, yeah, I'm happy to do... I love making those movies. Yeah. So any, you know, who knows? Well, they're an absolute hoot. And you've been <laughs> so great today. But hey, we, you're an absolute hoot. You're, we're hoots. I know, look at us. Just two <laughs> like hoots hooting. Two hoots. <laughs> I like that. When you say... <laughs> Just two hooters. Two... Now, it's becoming like a Hooters commercial now. <laughs> it's a bunch of Hooters. Just a bunch of Hooters having a great time. But we always end on this question, and that okay. is, in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you'll always live by? Uh, take a bath. Just make sure that you bathe. Clean, mm-hmm. clean your bits. <laughs> it's actually very metaphorical, because you're cleaning the bits and you're cleaning your mind at the same time. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm, I live by clean your room. That wasn't always the case, but now I clean my room. I clean my bits and I clean my room all the time. I always <laughs> clean my bits, but now I'm also cleaning my room. <laughs> I'm doing the things that my parents always told me to do. <laughs> and no one tells me except myself. I am my own mom. <laughs> I love it. What a great message to end on. <laughs> An educational show for everyone at home today. <laughs> and in the room. Clean your bits. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You are honestly the best. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being here for this episode of Rain. If there are things that resonate with you, I'd love to hear from you. Get me on socials at Josh Smith Host. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow, and share this with someone you think should hear it. Let's get those convos going, because that is what this podcast is Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.